Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Fun Fans Podcast. I'm your host, James Dillard. With me, as always, my co-host, Bailey Jackson. How are you doing, B? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to roll. Ready to rock and roll. So, Bailey was on the radio, I think, yesterday. So, he's he's really getting – he's going – are we moving from semi-pro to – is there something between semi-pro and pro? Yeah. This media deal? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not that big a deal, really. <laughs> it's not that – yeah. Uh, well, we have a great show planned. Uh, our Tigers and the Gamecocks played a bowl game yesterday. Didn't bring a dub back to the Palmetto State, but uh, that's, you know, we're not going to say that's okay, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it. And we also have a returning guest on the podcast who left his mark on the Hawaii Bowl about a week ago. First of all, we're excited to announce, and this has been on social media, but this has been the first podcast since the partnership uh, the fun fans were approached by and have now partnered with the fanboys, the fangirls sports podcasting network. Basically what that means is uh, those professional marketing team folks, along with a nationwide network of podcasters are going to be promoting and sharing all the fun fan podcasts. And we'll be doing the same for their podcasts. So it should link our listeners to podcasts from across the country as far as at least the sports part goes. And we know that this podcast was started because of the fan sense, but we, we talk a little bit of football, but anyway, the <coughs> is that that makes the fun fans, the official podcast for Clemson fans. So we are super excited about that, but always before we get started, the fun fan podcast is still, and will be brought to you by Rubens, Rubens food, sports, spirits, and catering. The best wings around with two locations in the upstate, 1083 Batesville Road in Greer and 11028 Anderson Road in Piedmont, South Carolina. Find them at rubensc.com. So uh, all the lots of excitement to go around, including also just want to throw out, and we'll talk about this more later, but the fact that all of our fun fan sponsors have extended relationship into 2023. So we're greatly appreciative of their support. So getting into what we're going to talk about today, Bailey. So there were some big games yesterday, but I think first we need to announce who won the best tasting bowl question. I mean, that was a great question that you came up with. Do you have any guesses on who may have won the best tasting bowl? I mean, it's, I guess it would have to be the peach bowl. I mean, the Chick-fil-A peach bowl, but. The Chick-fil-A peach bowl without even throwing in the milkshake. Right. Uh, yeah. They took away with it. So we know the Duke's mayonnaise got your vote. And uh, that ended up being a really good game yesterday between Maryland and NC State. Uh, Maryland came out on top of that one. I do want to point out, though, that the Idaho Potato Bowl got a lot of love. Apparently, they put real potatoes in the trophy, and that that really means something to a few folks around our country. But uh, Cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're already baked. Uh, I mean, for, for me, if I'm going to vote for the potatoes, it's going to have to have some butter and cheese and uh, something like that. Already well, potatoes are pretty versatile. Um, I mean, you can have them many, many different ways, which you obviously we know. Uh, <laughs> but my my favorite potato. Uh, I mean, I am a huge fan of a tater tot. Uh, the, and, and my family they do not like tater tots. Oh man, that's that's a struggle. That, well, that's, if you go to if you go to Waffle House, you get uh, hash browns. Well, guess what hash browns are. Shredded tater tots. Tater yeah. tots are hash browns in barrel form, very <laughs> tiny barrels. 
That's right, Barrel Foreman. Hey, speaking, you know, we talk about the wings at Rubens. The loaded pots at Rubens uh, is likely the second best menu item for sure. But And I guess the Chick-fil-A, I mean, where would they be without the potato? I mean, they serve that order of fries with mm. most all of their meals. So Waffle fries. I guess that's another way to look at it. But uh, congratulations to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl for being the Fun Fan Podcast best tasting bowl. And now I'm, I'm watching the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, which was also a good game. Uh, if, you, if you watch that one, Pitt got the ball with just 34 seconds left. A lot of turnovers in the second half, so whatever, kind of sloppy, but it – it was a good game. Uh, they get the ball down one point and then three plays, kick the field goal to win it. That's, that was pretty exciting. But there was a commercial where not only do they have the original sugar frosted flakes, but they have a cinnamon French toast flavor mm. and, and wait for it, and a strawberry milkshake flavor frosted flakes. So, I mean, if, if we would have known that and that would have been in the running, you know, I don't know if that would have beat out the Chick-fil-A, but I, I don't know. You never know the the, the cinnamon. So you, you'd be more of a cinnamon flavor, Frosted Flakes versus a strawberry milkshake. Well, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I haven't eaten a lot of cereal in the last 10 years because, um, <laughs> you know, the older you get, the more lactose uh, intolerant you become. So I try to steer clear of the milk. Uh, but I will say my son, who's 15, will sit with a bowl of cereal. And if it's going to be like, he'll eat the cereal and then the milk is sitting there. I can't tell you over the years, how many gallons of milk we've wasted at my house. You got to drink the milk. But if it's a really good flavor of cereal, like a strawberry milkshake, he might drink it. And I'm going to tell you, I think he's had the strawberry milkshake uh, uh, frosted flakes before. We should have got him on here, but it's, it's morning. And we all know that as 15-year-olds year old go, he doesn't see mornings anymore until school starts back. That's, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, you can't be wasting the flavored milk. And uh, I, I don't know, Bailey. I'm, I'm still a big cereal guy. I could I could take take a bowl or two of cereal myself pretty much any time. But uh, speaking oh, I would of, love to. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I never waste the flavored milk at the end, personally. But uh, – Speaking of flavor, Jadu as himself, MC entertainer, entrepreneur, pep rallies, corporate events, game shows, fundraisers, galas. Just put that man on the mic and let him liven up the party. Not only is Jadu a friend of mine, I've seen him work, and you and your organization will not be disappointed. Anytime you add Jadu to your function, you can find him at itsjadu.com and on all forms of social media at itsjadu. So there's, there's one we appreciate. J.D. continuing his relationship with the Fun Fans podcast here into 2023. So last podcast, it was a best of put out there about a week ago. If you haven't heard that one, personally, I, I think that was a pretty good compilation. That's the right word. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. How about just a big group of our best stuff? Yeah, there you go. Big group of our best stuff. Compilation. Especially make sure <laughs> – if you haven't heard that one, go check it out, especially if you're a new listener. It is definitely worth the listen. But anyway, in that podcast, I mentioned that ba- Bailey was on assignment and he was catching an interview with Jalen Lane, superstar wide receiver with uh, Middle Tennessee and fresh being fresh back from his trip 
to Hawaii. So uh, let's check out that interview with Bailey and Jalen. All right, folks, we are back here with Jalen Lane, Middle Tennessee receiver. And he might be a little jet lag still because he's uh, <laughs> back from the Hawaii Bowl. Jalen, how was it in Hawaii, buddy? Oh, man, it was great, man. Great weather, great food. It was a definitely a great experience for me. Well, it looks – you know, you had a great game, too. You had 10 receptions um, for 111 yards, and you also had three punt returns for uh, – Average of 16, so it was, and it was a good win for the Blue Raiders. Oh yeah, huge win, man! You know, uh, we started off a little, a little shaky, but we uh, cleaned it up at the end. Defense played great, so I'm glad we got that win for the seams. Yeah, well, so when you were in Hawaii, it was 12 degrees here. Yeah. What, what was the temperature and what was the weather like in Hawaii? Uh, it was about 75 degrees with a light breeze. So <laughs> it's perfect, right? Perfect. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, I was watching the game Christmas Eve. I said, man, it looks really nice there. And I was freezing in my house uh, <laughs> in South Carolina. So, yeah. All right. So tell, tell the fans, the fun fans, listeners real quick. What's the coolest thing you did while you were out there? Ah, oh, man. Where did I start? Uh, well, one, uh, one night they had, like, a big luau for us. They had, like, uh, some Hawaiian food. Or, and, you know, they had the uh, dancers. They had the fire dancers out there. and So that was a really cool experience. Um, and also, i say we went to Pearl Harbor, too. You know, um, you always read about it in history books and whatnot and learn about it. So it was nice to see, like, where stuff actually happened and, like, what's still – like, you know, they still a base and whatnot. So it was really cool to see that. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, seeing different places is always fun. And I know, uh, you know, the luau was probably some good food and, and, and good times. But Pearl Harbor is, uh, is, is what some history, you know, yeah. everybody needs uh-huh. to know that. So what uh, did did they make you try to do uh, hula dance or anything? Oh, no, I, they randomly selected in the crowd. I'm so glad they didn't select me. Yeah, I would have went up there and embarrassed myself, but uh, some of my teammates got up there. And, now, some of them did their thing, but some of them was like, God, get them off the stage. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was cool. Well, um, Jalen, look, as always, you're the first um, repeat uh, guest on our podcast. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate you being on here with us. And, uh, what what's next for you? You know, I guess you go back to school in a week or so and get back to work, right? Yeah, back to the grind, mat drills, then spring ball coming up. So it's right back to it. Yep, it's it's a full time job and uh and one you're pretty good at. So hey man, thanks for being on with us and uh go blue raiders. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, wow, very cool. Bailey, we appreciate you doing that and we appreciate Jalen doing that for us again. It's definitely a difference in the weather while he was out there uh, versus what we had here. And I'm just going to say it, Pearl Harbor is number one on my bucket list. So so now I'm jealous, but we appreciate you doing that. Hey, we well, should. it's no problem for me to go on location. Um, we <laughs> may need to increase the, the fun fans' budget for travel. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it will multiply it times two, zero times two. It'll, right. it'll, it'll be pretty much the same, so. So let's let's back up for just a second before we start talking about the Gamecocks and the Tigers. Okay. Did you see the Maryland coach get Duke's mayonnaise poured on top of him? Oh, I did. Were you okay. jealous? Okay. 
there's no way that's real Duke's mayonnaise unless because they've watered it down where it will pour out of a, a cooler more easily. Okay, they've they've cut that with something because Duke's mayonnaise would fall out of a cooler, not pour. It would have been one big clump just hitting him yeah. in the head. Yeah, player. like plump. It would, it would have been under concussion protocol. Yeah, especially if you sprayed the side of that cooler with like some cooking spray, it would just floop right out of there. Well, that's I, – I know huge Mayo fans like yourself are disappointed. I mean, somebody should have just spooned it on to him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you'd need like a spatula to get the rest of it out of the bottom. And But so anyway, they, they've doctored that up a little bit, so they're not – well, you know, it's, it's delicious. TV. Yeah. So can't you can hardly trust what you see in here nowadays unless you're listening to the Fun Fans podcast. 100% real right here, baby. <laughs> so, all right, well like you said, let's let's talk a little bit at least about our our friends down in Columbia. They made the trip to Jacksonville. Hey, I love Jacksonville for a bowl game. I'm just going to say it. It's a great place to have a bowl game. It's it's a drive, but it's not crazy terribly far of a drive uh, down I-95. It's a great city, great environment. Um, and this is about being a fan, so I, I know the outcome wasn't what the Gamecock fans were looking for, but I'm, I'm sure they had a great time. Things well, I've seen on social media, they had a, a really good time. And there were home. a lot of them there. Oh, yeah. It was like a home game for the Gamecocks. Right. I think even the commentators pointed that out. But did, did, And you were able to check that one out? I, I watched uh, it. I was in and out uh, on the computer. Uh, I was, for the listeners that don't know, I worked all day, you know, like a 15-hour day yesterday um, at, at a basketball tournament. But I was watching, uh, I tell you what I watched, instead of the first half of that game, I watched the Clemson Tiger basketball team get their third straight ACC win because that's more important to me than Gamecock football. Sorry, people. Hey, we hadn't talked about, what to focus on and not that we're going to focus on one thing in particular, but uh, we probably were going to talk about some basketball anyway, but obviously uh, those guys are, they're, they're going to earn some airtime. Let's just put it like that. They're, they're doing really well. We hope they keep it up. So, but what you saw the Gamecock versus Notre Dame fighting Irish, what'd you think about that one be? Well, I mean, you know, it was a, it was a back and forth game and I thought Notre Dame, I, honestly, they were, Notre Dame was down seven, and I walked out into the arena that we were having this game at and watched for a few minutes, and all of a sudden, Notre Dame was up seven. Um, and then the the pick six, I mean, 101, 102-yard return for, for a touchdown, that's pretty cool, actually. Um, but, yeah. you know, and then um, just – there were some things at the end that, that bugged me a little bit, a couple fa- personal fouls and things like that that, you know, cost you – that cost you in the long run at some point. Well, that, they definitely got into the game. I, there's a lot of talk with transfer portal and opting out and all this kind of stuff. You know, what do the games mean? There's been some talk about it means something different for this team versus that team. I know Florida, you know, went into their bowl game kind of in rebuilding mode and – the team they played, I believe it was uh, Oregon State, whoever it was, somebody out west. They were trying to, you know, put an exclamation point on a great season, and those things definitely uh, played out in that bowl game. But 
But these guys, you know, Notre Dame, Car- Carolina, you know, Clemson, Tennessee, obviously as well. I mean, you could tell the kids wanted to they, – they enjoyed the game. They wanted to win. They'd been working hard. I really liked, honestly, you know, the Gamecocks came out flying around, running some trick plays, playing what I would <laughs> describe as a, a backyardish type of philosophy with their – you know, it's already a wide-open spread offense, and they kind of changed to just kind of letting Rattler do what he needed to do after they lost to Florida, and that's really been the difference in their season, obviously, in my opinion. It's just more open up. He seems to be have a little more freedom. He is he is very elusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and they they came out flying around and they ran a couple of trick plays and and did they ran a screen? It was like a triple screen. It was one thing. It was like it wasn't a trick play necessarily, but you know I'm gonna fake it over here and fake it over there and then dump it to a guy right in the middle. And he was so open, it was ridiculous. But definitely put some things in that probably were not on film through the season. And to me, that's. That, that a bowl game is a great opportunity to do that. It's very smart on Beamer's part. Uh, but then those things, they're only going to get you so far. I think once they settle down, Notre Dame pretty much took over the game similar to the way they took over against us from the get-go and uh, were able to come out on top in the second half, even with the pick six. I mean, they were about to pretty much steal the deal and go up by 14 until right. some right. reason I will relate this to when I coached JV football at a school and we were not, not very good. Okay. And I was the offense. I mean, I was the head JV coach and the receivers coach on the varsity. And we had as the head JV coach, I had more trick plays (laughs) because we had to do something to try to score, to move the ball. And I remember we had a scrimmage before the season started with another school, which, which was kind of odd for JVs back then. But, you know, the varsity had scrimmage, and we split fields, and we went JV. And um, their head coach was over there running the defense for the JV, and I ran a double pass, and we scored like an 80-yard touchdown pass. He starts yelling at me, why are you running that play in a scrimmage? I said, Coach, that's one of our base plays. <laughs> you know, we got to have this to, to move the football. So, yeah, it's fun. That I mean, as a play caller, it's fun. And Clemson put in the old the, – the San Francisco play that I've seen like 40 times since the 49ers ran it where you fake a screen one way, you fake a screen the other way, and then you throw it to the tight end over the middle. Uh, that's a, a a new play that I've seen, I've seen on every ball game. I mean, <clears throat> in some way or shape or form. Yeah, that's not really a trick play, but it takes a lot of time to develop, that's for sure. So, I know well, the, rece- the the guy that ends up catching the ball actually goes out like he's blocking for a screen. Mm-hmm. And it, then he breaks back over the middle and it's wide open. It's, it's a pretty yeah. cool play. It's usually wide open. So, anyway, so that's uh, how it turned out for the Gamecocks. Ended up, you know, uh, unfortunately for those folks, I'm not going to say, you know, obviously we're Clemson fans, but we have utmost respect for our opponents, even our uh, rival teams. We are not those obnoxious Clemson fan folks. So that's right. Uh, we, we hate it for them, but maybe just a, honestly, only just a little bit. Uh, but I think they're going to, you know, they'll be, they got next year and definitely some stuff to build on. And I, I think Beamer's getting that program going in the right direction for sure. But speaking of trick plays, as we segue into the Orange Bowl, Faking the field goal, I I like that. You know, I'm I'm not going to be a hypocrite trying to say I don't like what Clemson did. 
when you're going into that game early in the game. Okay, uh, did you? Okay, first of all, that's I don't mind it. No, um, if you score uh, something points a game, you can't feel you. You have to know going in, field goals not what's going to win that game. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to say maybe it, it's it's a harder pitch when you're right-handed running to your left. But if you look back at that play, Clemson kept everybody on the line of scrimmage <clears throat> except the eligible receivers, and one of them was wide open down the middle of the field. Mm. I, I guess it was like a maybe he screwed up, <laughs> but he was holding his hand up as if he was an option in the play. Yeah, um, so we had to maybe it was an RPO, you know, on an option. Yeah, I was going to say the holder running an RPO to his left. I don't know if he's left-handed, but uh, I, I don't I don't mind the call at all. Kind of love it, uh, just like I was saying for the Gamecocks. But you know, those guys executed their plays and and put up some points at the beginning of the game. And for us, that just definitely did not work out uh, the way we planned. But that'll get us started on the Orange Bowl, the Capital One Orange Bowl. So Bailey, what's your thoughts in general on that one? I mean, I, I'll give uh, – I thought the Clemson defense did a very good job of holding them in check, okay? You're not going to stop the nation's number one offense. That's correct. A- and they did pretty much. The offense for Clemson, I thought it was okay, but you're putting a f- true freshman quarterback in a situation, and he was in their front seven – is the strength of Tennessee's defense. We know that. And even Greg mm-hmm. McElroy, the announcer, said people can say what they want to. They think the Tennessee defense is awful. They've made huge improvements from last year to this year. And, and hey, look, it showed up. I, I knew – so the offensive line – you're an off, old offensive lineman. They oh, yeah. engaged the five offensive linemen. And this is an excellent thing that we typically don't get into sometimes. But they engaged the five linemen, and then they blitzed a little bit later, and our lineman could not, you know, you're double teaming a guy, you got to push him off and go to the guy to your left. Or the guy on the right has got to push him off and go to the guy. You know, you got you to gotta slide protection and do things like that. And, and Clemson didn't do that early. <clears throat> Klubnik took some shots, and he kept bouncing back up. So I'll give him credit for that. I like him. I think his future is very bright. Um, I'm not worried about the Tigers. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh... – Cade is, is going to be just fine. He made some rookie mistakes, uh, unfortunately, not to get into the whole quarterback drama from the season. But uh, that would have been some kinks that would have been nice to work out during the season uh, versus, you know, late right, in the season right. or the postseason. But, uh, yeah, they were, they were sending – it looked almost as if we would motion the running back out of the backfield, and that was a – a red, you know, call for them to send a linebacker. They were right. not – they had it covered or they felt like they needed to give the pressure and that's what was going to do it for them, and they did. And I think we somewhat adjusted to that. The same thing Dabo said in the post, uh, post-game post conference, press conference, that, you know, Kay was missing some of those hot reads, and that's, that's just right. a freshman mistake. It was literally – it's the 14th game of the season – but it was his first start, and he hadn't had – other than North Carolina game. I mean, I personally, I look at that game as his first game. So, I look at this game really as his second game. Right. So he's basically had two games. He, 
you know, you put all his other snaps together, he probably doesn't have a game's worth of snaps under his belt. So this is his second or third type game, and especially going against a – I mean, we're going against one of the top teams in the country, so. Right, it's, it's, all, it's okay. They're good. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Uh, stalling and, uh, out. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be perfectly honest. This, the Orange Bowl was a top ten matchup, and it matters, but does it really, really matter that much? When you're not in the playoff and you're you have eleven wins and you're recruiting like crazy still, uh, the only thing I would say is, I t- I thought or before the game they would run two backs a lot and they did, um, and and uh, I thought the running game it the everybody's screaming in the stands run the football run the football well they ran it well if you get five on first down and two on second down or four or second down it's still third down so you got to be able to pick up the third downs and if you're gonna it, it just it's a game of plays people make plays they made a great play on fourth down where Clemson's been getting that fourth and one all year and they don't get it um, right and um you know it's just little things it's it's getting tackled by a shoestring it's just they're and the, or missing a couple field goals you know right, that right. if he makes those field goals you never know he slipped on the credit card one time. The Capital One credit card was right there, and he slipped on it. But and it's BT Potter's the most successful kicker in Clemson history, other than former Fun Fans guest Nelson Welch. He tied his record last night. I thought um, he, I thought he went up by one field goal. Did well, maybe, not? maybe he went up after he, when he finally made one. I lost count of how many field goals we were trying to kick. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's look, it is what it is. Tennessee beat Clemson, and sometimes you get beat. That's right, and I, I agree that it, it matters from a competitor standpoint. You know, you, you, ha- you always hate to lose, and I hate for the kids. I hate for the seniors, I, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and definitely would prefer to win. But in the grand scheme, you know, making the trip, getting the experience, uh, taking home the paycheck from a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, still a lot of primetime exposure and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, a lot of positives. And I think it was a good start. I started about halfway through the third quarter. I started looking at that as the kickoff to next season versus the end right. of this season. And and if you look at it like that, it's definitely some positives. But just to point out some obvious, and this is what's going on in the pressers and everything, the stalling out in the red zone or right before we made it to the red zone, which I heard was referred to as the green zone. Did you know there was a green zone, Bailey? Yeah, well, we play. I can't remember where we played this year in high school. And if you got over the fifty, it was the, it was sponsored by some company that so and so, so and so opponent's territory. And uh, then you got yeah. to the twenty, it was the 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 Chick Fil A red zone or something. So yeah. hey, great marketing, great selling of the ads. Yeah, there you go. So supposedly you get, I don't know, past the forty or thirty-five or whatever. It's the green zone before you get to the red zone. But anyway. We had six scoring opportunities, and the like I say, don't mind faking the field goal that didn't work out, but then just missing the field goals that that wasn't great. But why we stalled in the first place seems to just be a question mark because we've always done well there, and everybody can nitpick and they can say what they want to say. And well, this was working, but we got away. I don't think we really got away from what guided us to that part of the field, and I think it we just got to that part of the field. And I don't know, maybe Tennessee's defense just stepped up. It's like you said, their front seven, they're they're a very good defense. And if the weak part of their defense is the secondary, it shortened the field enough for them to 
to be able to make plays that they needed to make or whatever. So right. Uh, that, so let's just, let's think about this. The field gets smaller. Right. The body the bodies that are on that turf stay the same size. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you got twenty yards for twenty two grown division one football players. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, – it is what it is. Um, yeah, sure. it, See, versus their touchdowns, if they're throwing touchdowns from a midfield. I mean, speak, you got – Yeah, speaking of, their quarterback has an absolute cannon. Cannon. It's ridiculous. I mean, the, I, he threw one. I was like, God, he's going to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they lost their number one guy, but their number two guy was – he's more like 1.5 or so. It definitely was not a step down, which I – you know, both teams had players out. That's, the, you know, another thing about the bowl games and, you know, whatever. But it ends up, honestly, it ends up being about even because every team that's playing, you know, they have a top player or two, maybe three, that's not playing. So, right. you know, it's still kind of – it all works out in the wash from a team standpoint. But, anyway, I think the, the Tigers missed out on a lot of opportunities – you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, maybe, but Tennessee's a good team. You're not gonna, you're not gonna woulda, coulda, shoulda your way into a victory in a top ten matchup. That's for sure. Right. So you know, we're we're taking home the L, but along with the other positives that we've already mentioned. But I am definitely not one that's bashing the play calling, the prep. Uh, I mean, I, I think we went in with a good game plan. Their run defense was was very strong, so we didn't run the ball much the first half, but. We came out the second half and realizing, hey, we can run the ball, so we ran the ball. Uh, we made some adjustments to the uh, to the to the blitzing that we were talking about before, and but you, you know we got a freshman quarterback that still wanted to backpedal a little too much, but yeah, you know, that's not yeah. the world. And you know the two turn up personally, I think he played a really clean game in comparison to what we've dealt with before. He still they were still it started to remind me of the opener against Georgia last season where DJ took a lot of sacks. And it was just like he was just he was hanging on to the ball and taking the sacks. But he they, got they, he got hammered last night. He he is sore today, I promise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. got lit up several times. And he kept he bouncing up. You could tell he was hurting. And um, he but he took less sacks than DJ did in that game against Georgia. And I mean, he threw two interceptions, but let's just be honest on fourth, fourth and long. Yeah, I would count those. They, they don't even count that one in there at the end of the game. It w- that would have just been a, you know, made the score look more respectable. But really, it, it's completely irrelevant turnover. So, well, the uh, one on fourth down was like a pretty good punt. Yeah, was, they should have not knocked it. They were right, all excited. Right. I'm like, y'all should have batted that one down. But anyway, so I, I still think we're made some improvements there, and I'm I'm not one to bash. We're not ones to bash anyway, but I don't, I, I don't know what I would have done very different with play calling and prep and all that kind of stuff. But, people, I want to get your one more opinion, Bailey. A lot of people are giving the offensive line a hard time. Like you've already mentioned, I'm an old, old line guy. I mean, what's your take on how the O-line played last night? Um, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm obviously not going to grade them. I've done all that, and I'm not doing it anymore. Uh <laughs> But I, I think there's some improvement to be made. But you know what? Like I said, I'm – uh-oh. Sorry. Dropped my phone. Um, I'm, not, I'm not doing this. Like, I love Clemson. And if Clemson has the greatest offensive line, that's great. And if they need work, that's, that's okay too. They will continue. They will start working 
the first of the year, and they will begin working for next year. And they've yeah. got a couple guys that are committed and signed that are coming in that are going to help in that area. Yeah, I, I just think – I'm just going to say that I don't think people realize that there's five offensive linemen, and if one guy messes up, you right. know, that that makes that doesn't necessarily mean the entire offensive line look bad. And I don't know that people realize what you and I have said and what Dabo said about those hot reads and those linebackers blitzing. That's not on the offensive line. Just mm-hmm. FYI for the folks out there. Uh, and we averaged three, we averaged over three yards a carry. Uh, so obviously they were doing something at least fairly well. I'm not saying they would have. Speaking of grading, not saying they would have graded out in an A or anything. Uh, but I don't think it, that was def- anything well, that was the game, that's for sure. The, the, the amount of communication that they have to have up there, that if you're just turning on the TV watching football, okay. If, unless you know, and a lot of people do. I'm not saying people don't know. The offensive linemen communicate like crazy before the ball is snapped. And they that they can the quarterback can lift his leg, but if the offensive line's not ready, they he lifts it again, you know. And then they give a tap or whatever to snap the ball, um, you know. So it, it's a that's a tough position to play, and it's not real glamorous, <laughs> um, right? So, you know, like I said, I'm not getting on here and and bashing anybody because I'm I'm a, I'm a Clemson guy. There you go. Well, I think they did okay. I mean, I, you know, I can yeah. say I'm just people. Some they need to really sit down. You have to sit down and really watch film to to make sense of the whole thing. But anyway, uh, you know, kudos to Tennessee. They're a really good team. Personally, I think I think we could see this matchup again in the postseason, whether it's playoffs or just another New Year's Six game. I'd love to see them in the regular season. Yeah. I think it'd be a good matchup. It's geographically close as well. I think that'd be pretty cool. But, uh, you know, kind of wraps up the season for the Tigers. One last thing about what I saw on TV. I don't know if you watched the ACC huddle, uh, but it's got Coach Rick on there, a uh, former Georgia coach on there, and he does a beak of the week. Are you familiar with this? Segment? No, he's like the old guy on the show. Um, yeah, bless his heart. But he – he has this Beak of the Week segment in this morning or last night. He talked about people missing the urinal in the various airports they've had to go through. And it just reminded me of our Porter John segments. And it just kind of made me think that, you know, the fame, the famous uh, Coach Rick would probably be a fan of our Porter John segments, Bailey, don't you think? Yes, uh, I'm sure he would. Matter of fact, we should reach out to him, see if he wants to be on the podcast. But before, <laughs> before we move on and get closer to the end here, yeah, uh, I would like to say that I, I'm going to borrow something from Scott Van Pelt on Sports Center at night. It's, it's the best things I heard watching bowl games. I don't, uh, I can't remember the, but it might have been the North Carolina bowl game. Um, the two guys were in the booth, and I, I'm not going to call them out because I don't remember who they were. But evidently, one of them was having some stomach problems uh, in the booth, hmm. and. There was a scene on the field or something where one guy walked away from another one, and the announcer said, hey, he must have had the same beef brisket that we had pregame. He said, it's like standing up here next to you. And the, 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 the play-by-play guy was like, "I can't one, I can't believe you just said that, because evidently he was a little gassy. Two, 
he was like, well, you know, maybe he did have the same beef brisket that we had. And uh, so I was like, did they, are they talking about gas on, on national television? It needed a sponsor. I mean, everything else has a sponsor on these bowl games. I mean, yeah, I mean, get you a little beat, get you a little shots of Beano, or get a uh, some uh, some Tums, you know, anti acid. Yeah, sponsored, brought to you by so and so. Yeah, that's that's how that's good stuff. I appreciate you bringing bringing that to the show. Yeah, I mean, think about Clemson ate four hundred thirty pounds of meat at a Brazilian steakhouse. How that you know what that feel like the next day. Well, even though we ran all the plays on offense, it looked like we're the ones that got tired versus Tennessee, but uh, maybe it had something to do with the Brazilian Steakhouse. So, yeah, who knows? But I, I, you have fun in those bowl games. You get this. It should be a reward. Hopefully it's a reward for the kids. They wake up this morning and realize, like you say, that uh, in the grand scheme of things, had a great season. And so let's kind of wrap it up for the season. But just a reminder that this podcast is going to go through the off season. Speaking of continuing the partnerships, we've mentioned our other sponsors, and we, in a way, we've extended our partnership with the owners of Mini Split Specialists, but those guys also own and operate diamond etched products. These guys have mastered a diamond laser engraving process, and they can put almost any design on items such as license plates, yard signs, tumblers, water bottles, and more for a high-quality, everlasting custom engraved product Check out Diamond Etched Products at diamondetchproducts.com. For inquiries and or orders, email Jalen at diamondetchproducts.com. That's J-A-Y-L-I-N at diamondetchproducts.com. Can you tell me times I had to say diamond etched products? That is a mouthful, but we certainly appreciate them. We definitely appreciate them. So, and, hey, I want to wrap up speaking of being kind of the end of the season that, you know, we started this podcast all about being a fan week in and week out, especially during bowl season. We see why people love college football. You just got to love college football. No matter what happened last night, I love being a fan. I love uh, and realize how rare it is to be a fan of a team that consistently at least past decade and more is going to win 10 or 11 games. That's just that's just awesome. It's just cool. And, um uh, you know, Baylor, we get frustrated, but we have a good time. Absolutely. We love going to the games. We love watching the games, not just Clemson. We love talking about it. And I uh, just want to, if anybody happens, if this makes it back to Clemson, because, you know, now that we are the uh, official podcast for Clemson fans, maybe it will. But, you know, we here at Fun Fans Podcast appreciate what, what the university, the athletic department, the football program, the coaching staff, and especially those players do to put that product out there on the field so that we can just enjoy. Don't you agree, Bailey? I'm just going to tell you, over the past couple of weeks, there's been some older games on networks on, on ACC, and, and you go back and you watch a game from 2003 or, or 1990-something, and you go, man, look where we are now. And, and you know, that's a product of – I mean, you if, if we're going to place all the blame on one guy, Let's give all the credit to one guy, too. I'll give Dan Radakovich some credit, too, because he was building buildings and making that uh, campus somewhere people wanted to come play football, but Dabo Sweeney's brand is on it. And, uh, you know, people can say what they want to, but I'm all in. I'm still all in. I was all in when he gave out the poker chips way back when, and I'm still all in. Hey, agree. Couldn't have said it better. So uh, I 
appreciate everybody. Appreciate you, Bailey. And thanks again for checking us out each and every week. Uh, actually, we're going to come back tomorrow with a short reaction to these college football playoff games. Don't forget to click and subscribe on your favorite platform. We're going to continue to bring you stories of fun fans and plenty of great guests posting a podcast each week as we go through the off season. So on behalf of the fun fan podcast, J Thriller Entertainment, the Fanboys Fangirls Podcast Network, and Bailey Jackson. Hey, look, if you like 22, wait till 23. Heard that. Thanks for listening. <laughs>